When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Tuesday, April 27th, and we are here to try to take the mystery out of your financial life. You know how we do that? And when I say we, I mean me and Mark. Mark, do you think that now as we get new people, we have to keep reintroducing you? So you may have to start doing a little bit more on-air stuff. So, Because some people have heard you. Should we do it like a once a year? When, when do you want to be on the air with us? Let's have the listeners vote. Do you want Mark on quarterly, semi-annually, or annually? Maybe there's some excitement about not hearing your voice. But I would love it if you, I really think it would be great if you could be on the air. More Mark, more cowbell, more Mark. That's what I say. Anyway, we are here to take the mystery out of your financial lives. And we do that by answering your questions. Our email address is askjill at jillonmoney.com. Send us your question. We will bring you on the air if you are willing to come on the air. Just tell us. I want to come on the air with you. All right. This guy was supposed to be on the air, uh, but you know what? Um, yeah, whatever. Let's call him S in case he actually ends up calling again and, and you know, getting on the line and doing this. Uh, dear Jill and Mark, I am such a fan. And here's what he writes. Happy to come on the air with an anonymous name. So I called him S. So I'm a single man in my mid 40s. No kids, no plans for kids. Furry ones, photo attached. I'm thankful to be employed um, and I received a bonus check. So he wants to know what to do with this. Here we go. Oh my God, the guy makes a lot of money. $350,000 a year with a bonus potential of $75,000. He's got his emergency reserve fund of six months. He said, um, mostly in his savings account, some in stocks. I put some of my bonus into cash. So I have now my savings account covers six to eight months of expenses. Perfect. So here's what we have. We have his, basically his pre-tax money, his current retirement account, as well as IRAs from other jobs. He's got $763,000, $44,000 in a Robinhood account. I don't day trade. It was just an easy way of investing in stocks directly based on some recs from time to time, sitting in long-term growth over the last couple of years. Okay. One home in a different state that I may move back to, decision to be made in the next couple of years. The house is worth $590,000. There's a $320,000 mortgage at 3.75%. It's a 15-year mortgage, ends in 2035. And he says the rent almost covers the mortgage and the property tax insurance and all that. Four grand out of pocket for the next couple of years. Okay. 
He also owns a home in his current state of residence. Wow. $800,000 remaining on a 30-year mortgage. He didn't say how much that was worth, but okay, let's presume it's a million dollars just in the beginning of that mortgage. He's got a car loan, 500 bucks a month until April, 2023, three and a quarter percent interest. And the loan has $13,000 outstanding. Okay. He says, I got 20 grand left in last year's bonus. Want to put it to good use. Question number one, should I pay down that car loan? Absolutely. Done. Boom. Now I'm done with that. Perfect. That's off the table. Should I put some money in a backdoor Roth or an after-tax fund from Vanguard that's more diversified? I don't think you're going to be able to do a backdoor Roth unless you're able to take those IRAs from your past jobs and roll them into your current into your current Fidelity 401k. So if you could do that, if they're IRA rollovers from your past jobs and you can move all of that into your Fidelity pre-tax, that's great. Do it. Now, I'm going to leave the, I'm leaving the backdoor Roth on the table for a second. Um, Starting now, should I send some or all of my retirement contribution from my paycheck into a Roth 401k? Um, And then finally, am I on track for retirement? I expect to work for the next 15 plus years and do some side hustles and uh, probably need about $6,000 a month in expenses. Mark, what do you think about the Roth versus the non-Roth for him? I mean, he is in a high tax bracket. I mean, he's in a 32% tax bracket. Okay. Mark says that a friend of the pod, Ed Slot, has sold him on this, that we think you should do it because, and I agree. I think that the reality is that you will want to have some money that has already been taxed. And that'll be a little hedge against the fact that you're going to have, you know, seven, 800 grand that's already in pre-tax. So I would do it. Let's just do the 401k Roth option. So you don't even have to worry about the whole backdoor Roth thing. And let's do that. And then I'm interested in learning about why exactly, I'm not even sure you need to do the backdoor Roth as like all this, because I think that actually having some non-retirement money is good for you. I don't get the Robin Hood versus the Van, like, can't you just have this all in one place? Like whether it's Robin Hood or Vanguard, although I really don't like Robin Hood. If you can just consolidate things, that would be fine. Mark, do you think he should be doing the backdoor Roth or not? I mean, if he could move all of the money from those old IRAs into his current 401k, then you could. But that's it. I wouldn't drive myself crazy about it. So I hope that works for you, S. Um, Oh, he also wanted to know about his diversification. So he sent me a little screenshot of his portfolio, which is, it looks to me like it's 86% stock and about, let's call it 15% bonds and cash. It's aggressive, man. I mean, let's see. How old did he say he is? Oh, he's in his mid-40s. I don't know. That seems like a lot of risk. But, you know, if you're fine with it, that's fine with me. But, you know, I'm a wimp. I've never been 85% in in risk assets in my entire life. (laughs) So I might want to add a little bit more into the category of a little bit less risk. Okay? Juan writes, I have $91,000 in my union's annuity and I'm allowed to manage it. My employer puts in nearly 22% of my wages, wow, into the annuity, and I earn about uh, $94,000. I've got a mortgage, which is 
Oh my God, a 2% fixed rate, five, 15 year mortgage. Oh my God. So the house is worth 230 grand. The balance is 129,000. I have uh, almost $5,000 with American funds and a Roth IRA, no debt, 18,000 in checking, 6,000 is my emergency reserve fund. That doesn't seem actually like enough of an emergency reserve fund. I opened a Fidelity Roth IRA. I have $6,000 waiting in Fidelity till I allocate it. I plan on making this Roth contribution for last year. And where should I invest it? I want to pay $500 to $1,000 a month towards my mortgage. Eh, no way, Juan. Forget it. No extra mortgage payments. A 2% loan? Are you nuts? No, absolutely not. Um, in terms of money, the where to invest your new Roth um, money, I would just say that you've got to go through and take a risk assessment. If you're not spooked by risk, not unlike our previous questioner S, yeah, you know, you can just put it all in an index fund and maybe a little bit in cash and bonds, but go through the process of at least considering when do I need my money? How much risk do I want to really take? And when you go through that, you'll get a, a spit out, essentially, of being able to actually put the money to work in a way that's not going to make you feel nauseous every time the market wobbles a little. Okay? Holly writes, how does my portfolio look? What changes would you make or suggest? She goes on to say, I have approximately $700,000 in a 401k through work, and I max it out each year, including a catch-up for a total of, I don't think she means, is it $26,500? is not it just $26,000, Mark? Yeah, so it's twenty six. All right. I started an H, so she's maxing out at $26,000. She started an HSA this year, health savings account, so great. We'll have $3,500 at the end of the year. She's got $750,000 through a managed portfolio where she is charged 1%. 250 grand in an issued note, 250 grand in a CD, and another 250 that was just called in, so deciding where to reinvest. Wait, is that what the 750 is in? Or is that another 750? How do you understand that, Mark? We think that you're t saying that in your managed portfolio, you have 750,000, which looks to be like all bonds, which is weird. Um, she also says she has 150000 in a rainy day fund, no debt, 52 years old. She makes two hundred fifty to two hundred seventy five grand a year. By the way, I don't know how she's single. She's like the most eligible portfolio and cash flow person. I'm just kidding. Should I be paying to have money managed? I asked them to drop the rate. They won't. They said I'm already getting a 26% discount. Listen, if this is just safe money that they're managing, I'd blow them out. Forget about it. What do you need these people for? There's nothing that these people seem to be doing that's all that interesting, frankly. And um, and the follow-up is, should I be putting all the money in a robo-account? And by all, I mean the issued notes, the, the managed account. Oh, wait, you see this? She says the issued notes, the CDs, and the managed account. It looks like that's uh, now separate. Uh, so it looks like there's a $750,000 managed portfolio and then another seven fifty. dollars that looks like safer stuff and she's still single. So wait a second, let's just, let's let us review for everyone thinking about whether they want to swipe left or right to date Holly. She's got 700 grand in a 401k. 
She's got $750,000 in a managed portfolio. She's got $750,000 in kind of safe-ish assets. Holy moly. Okay. She says, should she go into a robo? Yeah, I'm into the robo. Mark and I are really, we're, we're wholeheartedly endorsing that. She says, if so, what do I prefer? The robos that are out there, Okay. There are some that are straight robos that are really cheap. And then there's some that come with a little advice on the side. So the ones that are really cheap and, you know, they all have them. There has, Fidelity has one called Fidelity Go. Um, There is uh, the Vanguard Digital Advisor. That's a cheapie. And then the ones that have advice that Vanguard actually has a, an advice Robo, which is called the Vanguard Personal Service Advisor, and it's like 0.3%, pretty cheap. Schwab Intelligent Portfolio, same deal. Betterment has one. So these are like 0.3 to 0.5% a year. So if you want, you could just pop that all into one of these really cheap ones. Mark, should we, what, what should we say? Is there one versus another? What do you think? Mark says that the Vanguard Digital Advisor probably is the simplest, and I think it's the cheapest. Now, here's the thing. She's asking what fits most. I'm interested in trying to make sure that the money that you have in non-retirement is maybe managed a little bit more tax efficiently. So that's her last question. So if that's the case, I think that Betterment might have the best tax harvesting on their software. There is that. I think that's pretty much where I go with this. I, I think it's time for you to dump the advisor and go for a robo. That's what I think. And uh, I, you'll save all that money. Go right to your bottom line. Speaking of tax savings, Kay wants to know, thank you for what you do. She says, I have a quick question about tax deferred contributions for part-time 1099 employees or those whose employers do not offer a 401k. As a full-time employee, I had the ability to contribute to a 401k and an IRA. Following a layoff, options for me to work through staffing agencies that don't offer 401ks. What options do I have for tax-deferred retirement besides IRAs. I'm considering setting up an LLC to do a solo 401k. Does that make sense? Yeah, you could totally do that. It just depends on how much money you earn. She says, it seems unfair that the tax rules disadvantage people in this situation. Fairness would state that I should be at least be able to make the 19-5 contribution in an IRA. You're not missing anything. It's just the way it is. But do the solo 401k. And by the way, setting up an LLC, not that hard. But if you have questions, you should seek the guidance of an attorney. Okay. But it's very easy. It usually involves registering and applying for a tax ID number or even just going through and filling out forms through your state. So that's what I would do. Solo 401k is great, but um, some things about the tax code, in fact, many things about the tax code are crazy and don't make any sense to me. So that's it. That's it for the show. Thank you so much for writing us. And remember, if you would like to come on the air, just let us know. Mark will do all the rest. We really appreciate you listening. Don't forget to wash your hands, to wear your masks, to maintain your physical distancing and lift somebody up today. We'll talk to you tomorrow.